0: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz.
1: Armstrong and Getty. One more
2: thing. You know, I would love to talk about the pandemic, but before we get there, as a baseball fan, a former baseball player, a hurler of the horse hide, I saw this headline was astounded. There's this kid throws for Tennessee, Ben Joyce. He's a pitcher for the University of Tennessee. Threw a pitch the other night. He's regularly above 100 miles per hour with his fastball. Allegedly threw a pitch at, you know, I think the announcers say it. Go ahead and roll clip 18, Michael, would you please? Would you indulge me? Thank you.
1: Ben Joyce with his electric fastball. It's like a freight train coming in there. I mean, you just have to, as soon as it comes out of his hand, you got to start getting ready to swing. Ben Joyce has created his own radio station, 105.5 The Heat. And he can't hold up, and that's a strikeout at Joyce. Spectacular in relief. Fastest recorded pitch in college baseball history. Well, that'd be the fastest recorded pitch in all history, wouldn't it? Just below the major league
2: record, which was what's-his-face, who threw like 105.6 or 7.
1: Who's what's his face? Is it Randy Johnson? Uh,
2: no, no, I don't think so. I, I can figure that out, but uh, I think I close that one. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's almost the fastest pitch that's ever been recorded anywhere. Damn hmm. near one hundred
1: five point five, please. I uh Our Chapman. I'm told in my ear. I don't. I've never even heard that name before. So, uh, Araldus. Okay, it's new to me. So. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's some heat,
2: man. That's that's a that's an aspirin tablet. Tough to get around on that ball. Tough to square that one up.
1: So sometimes you don't want to ask experts in their field questions because it's what they've dedicated their lives to. I'm having that situation with lawyers in my life right now. Lawyers take everything to an extreme level that no normal human being ever would. For instance. Right. And we asked epidemiologists who have spent their entire lives studying diseases how we should live our lives during a pandemic. And uh, we've seen the results. They're way more cautious than the average person would ever be. Here's an example. Do you remember Dr. Burks? She was like the face of this before Fauci, early on when the first thing hit. She was the one that oh, got yeah. criticized at the very beginning. For saying, don't don't touch your face, don't touch your eyes. And then she like licked her fingers and turned the page or something, touched, rubbed her eyes or something like that. Remember that right, controversy? Yep. I, I
2: remember it well,
1: yeah. And she always wore a scarf. I called her Scarf Lady. Anyway, here she was on Face the Nation talking about the current state of things.
2: We did see you last night at the correspondence Dinner. We were both there as guests of CBS. These indoor gatherings are happening across the country now. Um, Dr. Fauci said it was too dangerous for him to attend.
1: How do you judge risk?
0: I have to judge it every day because like you, I have children under five unvaccinated grandchildren and I have a 93-year-old that lives in our house. So I have to constantly be aware of my risk, yet I have to work. Um, So I completely masked last night because my assessment was there were probably, just by odds and science, probably 15 to 20 people infected, even though everyone was tested in the morning or within 24 hours. And so I just always know, and then I keep testing. So I'll test every day for five days after an exposure, and I consider that an exposure. I tested this morning, because I knew I was gonna see you in person on Mm -hmm. mask. And I think that's just what we need to do. If you have vulnerable people in your household, whether it's children, or elderly, you have to continually assess your risk.
1: Holy crap, that's a crazy person. She tests herself every day for however many days after she goes to any event. I, I didn't even like the premise from Margaret Brennan. Now, these indoor gatherings are happening everywhere now. If by now you mean for the last two years for some of us, for certainly the last year, year and a half for everybody else, these indoor gatherings are happening now. Yeah, I'd say they are. Do you turn wow. on TV? Do you do you watch Congress? Do you? Uh, <laughs> oh my God! What are you talking about? And then the vulnerable. Okay, she has a 93 year old mom at home. I get that, but the kids thing. Margaret Brennan once again because she's got a, a baby, uh, like a two year old or whatever. Good news for parents. Finally, we're going to get the vaccine. It looks like okay. Yeah, most of us aren't going to get it. In fact, the vast majority of people aren't going to get it. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, kids are vulnerable. How, Doctor Burks? Would you like to lay in that what out for sense. me? Yeah. In yeah. what sense are kids vulnerable? They're the least vulnerable vulnerable. to this. Well, right. There are a hundred things that are much
2: more dangerous for kids to worry about than the COVID.
1: Oh, my God. Of the things I'm worried about with my own kid on a daily basis, the Internet and strangers and what they're being taught in schools, I could come up with a very long list. COVID ain't on the list. You're going to get tested. You go to any event. So she goes to a business meeting and she gets tested every day for what did she say? How many days? I don't know. Five days or something like that. All right. Go ahead. But the, but the only problem is, again, I don't care what she does. It's that people like her and Fauci were in charge of our lives because the rest of us right. aren't, look, aren't, aren't assessing risk the way you are.
2: Yeah, they were given monarchical powers to tell us how to live for the longest time and still are in some places. Uh, you know, one of the scariest aspects of human psychology to me is how suggestive people's minds can be. Uh, how how you can lead people to believe something or they can delude themselves to the point of it's just it's bizarre. It's tough to explain. And it, it seems nuts, but I think is it is undeniably true. People convinced themselves that fixation on covid was a way to prove that they were good people, a.k.a. Not for Trump. And so they actually convinced themselves to their bones, like O.J. convinced himself he didn't kill Nicole and Ron Goldman. They have convinced themselves that COVID is a terrible, terrible threat to everyone at all times. It's part of their identity now. And it's just weird to see from the outside.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk at all about the White House Correspondents Dinner because it turns my stomach. But one of Trevor Noah's jokes that got so much attention was him saying, Ah, good to be a host of the nation's number one super spreader event. Ah, You realize people are gathering in rooms. There are probably 5,000 happening right now as you speak. I mean, everyday business meetings. uh, I don't know. People gambling. I mean, anything you can think of. People are gathering maskless all over the world right now and not thinking about this at all. How is it still a topic for some of you people? I know,
2: and they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, super spreader. Last week we were talking about, we played the tapes of Dr. Marty Macri from Johns Hopkins talking about going to a a conference of epidemiologists, for the love of God. A thousand doctors in big, giant ballrooms, not masked. I guess it's siloing of information or combined with that whole, look how obsessed I am with COVID psychosis that just, that joke doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is such a. I, as I've said many times, I'm almost glad I lived to see this just because now I understand human beings a lot better than I used to. And it's not made me happier either about human beings. <laughs> wow, what a crazy ass species.
1: Did you guys want to hear Biden at the White House dinner? I only have one. Not really. Okay. All right, here, go, I'll go ahead and fire go on.
2: it had a kef care, Michael.
0: But I'm honored to be here at such an event with so much history. It was already referenced. The very first president to attend the White House Correspondence Center was Calvin Coolidge in 1924. I'd just been elected to the United States Senate. <laughs> and I, remember, I remember telling him, Cal, just be yourself. Get up there, speak from the heart. You're gonna be great, kid. You're gonna do it well.
1: That's called yeah. hanging a lantern on it in the politics game. You make fun of your age so other people can't. I think they still will. Hmm. Yeah. I told you I didn't want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael insisted, didn't he? Hmm. Yeah. I just never want a clip to go to waste. Well, I guess that's it.
0: Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.